As part of the constant struggle to get 1% better every day, we're adding a new series here on Gen Z Hoops, Division Breakdowns. You'll hear from each of our six division experts every week, reporting on the most important news, team updates, and statistical trends from their specific divisions. Today, I'm excited to introduce our Atlantic Division expert, Chris D'Ambrosio, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Celtics, Knicks, Nets, Raptors, and 76ers. Chris, what's going on? Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you on today, Chris. Why don't you start off by giving our listeners a little bit of an intro on who you are, all the cool stuff you've been up to, and, and what they can expect hearing from you. Yeah, of course. Right now, I'm, I'm a college student at Harvard studying economics. I've been a basketball fan since I was like three. I live outside of Philadelphia, so I've been following the players and the coaches of the team over the last 10, 15 years. And I also have also been very familiar with the other teams in division as well. And I look forward to giving you an update on what I found about this Atlantic division so far. Wow, Chris, you're really up to some amazing things. To kick things off here, what have you seen from the Boston Celtics over the last week? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, no team is safe from COVID. I mean, Boston's Sunday night game versus Miami Heat was postponed uh, after Jason Tatum tested positive, and so did Robert Williams. And also the Celtics game against Chicago on Tuesday has also been postponed for COVID reasons. But now let's get to the basketball part of it. Uh, this team has won four straight. They're very hot. Uh, when you're talking about top duos in the NBA, you need to mention Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, they've been ridiculous. Jason Tatum has actually just won Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He's averaged 33 points over the last three games. He's been very clutch, hitting game winners against the Bucks and the Pistons. And Jalen Brown has slowed down a bit from where he was, but he's still averaging 26 points for the season and shooting a very solid 54% from the field. That's great, and it's amazing to think about the duo that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have become, but outside of those two filling up the stat sheet every night, who's someone on the Celtics bench that we can expect to start making serious waves around the league? One of the key guys off the bench is the rookie out of Oregon, Peyton Pritchard, who's been very, very good this season for them. He's kind of looking like a steal from the draft. They got him at 26. He could have went higher. He's showed great upside in his game against Toronto, where he scored 23 points to go with eight assists, and he also hit a very clutch game winner against Miami. This guy has grit, and I think before the All-Star break, he'll go from a bench player to he could be in the starting lineup as a solid role player. Wow, Chris, so first Jason Tatum, then Peyton Pritchard. It feels like these Celtics are either hitting a game-winning shot or executing down the stretch every night. Yeah, they, they are. It's pretty exciting. Uh, Pritchard's shot was really sick. He kind of went up, grabbed it, and just put it back, kind of didn't care who was around him. Definitely must have been a great week for Celtics fans watching all these games go down to the wire. Obviously, this team looks like they're maturing the way you'd want a young, a young team to mature three, four years into having who you believe to be your franchise player. That all being said, though, what do you think they still need to do in order to get over the hump? They still need another shot creator. Uh, when Kemba comes back, that obviously will help with that. Having Jalen and Jason as your one and two is great, but they need some other shot creators besides that. Marcus Smart can do the job, but he's not at that elite level. And I think they could use one more, especially if they want to go far in the playoffs. Great stuff on the Celtics, Chris. And now transitioning over to the 76ers, tell us a little bit about what you've seen out of them from having such a great start to the season to now dealing with some COVID problems. No team is able to escape COVID, it seems like. Seth Curry tested positive, but before that, they were 7-3, and three, tied for best record in the Eastern Conference with the Celtics. Their game against Denver, they only had seven players available, but Tyrese Maxey, rookie out of Kentucky, showed up, scored 39 points to go with seven rebounds, six assists, and two steals. That was extremely exciting to watch as a Sixers fan. Joel Embiid's also looking like a potential MVP candidate. Again, health is an issue with him but he's continued to be the anchor on both ends of the floor, averaging close to 25 points to go with close to 12 rebounds, 3.3 assists, a steal, and two blocks. He's also shooting 46% from the 
from three-point range. He's always taking a lot of threes, but he's never had this high percentage. So that's pretty impressive. The Tobias Harris we remember from the Clippers is back in prime form. He's a true three-level scorer, scoring from beyond the arc, mid-range, and in the paint. He's also looking very, very impressive on the defensive end as well. Interesting, Chris. So for the last few years, the 76ers have always had a really good starting lineup. What's different to you about this year's bench? Yeah, I mean, they they have the depth for sure. I mean, when they're playing with all five of their reserves, they honestly can still compete in every game. Shake Milton serves as a fantastic scorer off the bench. He's a three-level scorer as well. Dwight Howard, he's finally a true backup center to Joel Embiid, serves as an anchor on the defensive end for the second team. And also this year, just their spacing has been fantastic. Seth Curry's shooting a ridiculous 60% from three point range, which is unreal. Danny Green's finding his mojo. He's shooting 47% from three in his last five games. They have the talent in the starting roster, but they also have great bench options as well. Great stuff on the Sixers, Chris. And now bringing it over to Brooklyn. How have you seen the Nets begin to mesh recently after their first few really dominant games? Well, they started off the season looking unstoppable, but then KD got COVID, Dinwiddie's out for the season. Kyrie's actually missed the past three games for personal reasons. Hopefully everything's okay with that. You know, Kevin Durant returned uh, yesterday from COVID, dropping a casual 36 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. We see that KD is back and he's averaging nearly 30 for the season, which for anyone else, you that would make the news, but for him, it's just pretty normal at this point. And with these two out, Karis Levert, man, he's <laughs> averaged 26 points over the last four games, including 43 on seven for nine from three point range against the Grizzlies. He could be their true third star. And again, Jared Allen's steady as an anchor on the front court. Joe Harris is averaging ridiculous 52.6% from three point range. They're pretty scary. If this team's even without Dimwitty, if this team stays healthy, I think they can do some serious damage in the playoffs. Scary is definitely the way to describe him, Chris. Now, when looking at the outlook on this team for the rest of the season, do you anticipate us seeing more of the Nets that we've seen recently where they have a constantly changing starting lineup and everything seems in flux? Or more like the one that we saw in the first two games of the season where they looked like an absolute juggernaut? I think they've gotten a lot of their shenanigans out of the way so far. So I'm hoping that as we get closer to the playoffs, we're going to see the team that we saw in the first few games really just dominating other teams. And I think especially in the playoffs, um, as we get closer, they're really going to come around and... We're going to see KD and Kyrie in their prime form, Karis LeVert being a prime shot creator. And then they have other great role players, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan. I think they're going to be very scary come playoff time. Awesome stuff on the Nets. Now taking it over to Madison Square Garden. The Knicks got off to a really hot start. Have they been able to keep it up recently? Well, we've kind of seen the Knicks, we know, a little bit again. Um, they've come back down to earth. After their impressive 5-3 and three start, they did lose their last couple games to the Thunder and Nuggets, which it's fine. I mean, of course, they're going to lose games throughout the season. But what's impressive about this team is they had very, very impressive wins against good and quality teams like the Pacers, the Utah Jazz, and the Bucks. Now that you've seen a little more of them, what do you think is the biggest reason for their early season success? Defense. Defense is key for them this year. They Last year, their opponents shot close to 39% from three. This year, their opponents are only shooting 31.2% from three, which is actually a league best. And they're only giving up 105.1 points per game, which is the third best in the league. So this defense has really, really come around. There's standouts this year. Julius Randle has been remarkable. He's averaging 23.2 points a game, 11.8 rebounds. And what's most impressive is his 7.1 assists per game. Um, he's becoming a prime facilitator on this team. And he's really, really coming into his own. Austin Rivers has shown up 
with an impressive 14 straight points against the Utah Jazz, including a sick three-pointer over Rudy Gobert. Alfred Payton's averaged nearly 15 points, 4.6 assists, and four rebounds. So he's been a steady player as well. Interesting stuff. And as short as it might be, it's always great to see good basketball in the garden. Uh, Chris, to wrap us up and send us home, what's going on with the Raptors? I think they're missing Sergi Baca and Marc Gasol. Um, having that front court presence, especially on the defensive end. They're struggling at two and seven, although they did have an impressive win uh, the other day against Sacramento with five players scoring at least 17 points. And despite their rocky start, there is some promise. They have a lot of guys who are balling. They have Fred Van Vliet, 22 points. Kyle Lowry is averaging 19 points and seven assists. Chris Boucher seems to be having somewhat of a breakout season, averaging nearly 14 points, six rebounds, and 2.6 blocks a game, which is the third highest average in the NBA behind Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert. Pascal Siakam averaging 20 points, eight rebounds, and 4.5 assists. Norman Powell gives a steady 11 points per game. Ananobi, 12 points per game. And he's great on the defensive end as well with two steals per game. You can see from all of these, a lot of players are having very good individual seasons, but something's not clicking as a team. And one of those things is the team's field goal percentage, third worst field goal percentage in the NBA at 43.9%. So I think they have the talent to turn it around, but we'll see. 